Ah, hello. Welcome to Money Awakenings. Don't know when you'll be listening to this. I know it's been a little while since I've published anything. I wanted to go a little deeper into myself to bring out some nuggets for you all. And what I've got for you today is the scales and the heroes and the villains. And yes, this does have to do with money, (laughs) if you're worried about such a thing. See, I believe that money is a great tool to wake us up to the nature of reality, to wake us up to ourselves, to see what's going on internally, how we tick, how we're wired, what we were given as children, and how we move through the universe or life. And so today, let's start with the scales. What do I mean by the scales? I mean that we as human beings have a tendency to seek justice and um, the problem with that, and yes there is a problem with that, is that we also much judge things as good or bad in order to seek justice and to balance the scales. Um, When we judge things, we take away from what is. This goes anywhere. We take away from the universe, reality, whatever you want to call it, all that is, God, Awa, whatever. We take away from that by saying, we know better. This shouldn't have happened. And immediately when we judge it as good or bad, right or wrong, um, we cease, we lose the lesson within it. We don't unconditionally love anymore. We now saying that shouldn't have happened the way that happened. And without getting too deep into it, what, what I'm getting at here, what I'm driving toward is blaming other people for your misfortune, for your lack of money, for your um, poverty uh, or not enoughness or lack of wealth or whatever. You see, I've spent uh, over a decade now in the financial world and I see this a lot, the victim mentality. And it's not, there is no right or wrong. So I'm not trying to say that it's wrong. You know, I spend a lot of time in financial education. It's kind of what I'm doing right now with, with this podcast, I'm educating, which means to bring forth from within, or to really to just remind you of what you already know, but internally not mentally. But what I'm saying is, yes, there's, you were probably not taught anything about money. And you were not taught about, you know, how 
credit card interest works or payday loans or student loans or uh, credit card debt as a whole or um, how mortgages work and how you shouldn't refinance because uh, you have to start all over depending on where you are. There's a lot of things, right? Or how to grow money, how the stock market works, how it's wired, how 401ks are really there if they're giving you stock options in company stock that you're really kind of just putting all your eggs in one basket. Like there's a number of different, and I could keep going on and on, there's a number of things you probably weren't taught when it comes to money. And it's easy to blame the school system or the elite or the powers that be or the money masters I've heard it called or the billionaires or the 1%. And here's the issue I take with that. You're not wrong, and they're not wrong. And that might already start to bring up things for you. Because, like I said, I had to go deep with this subject. I had to go deep inside because I have spent a lot of time <laughs> calling these people uh, the money masters or... Uh, the shysters or whatever, scam artists on their bullshit. Excuse my French. Well, not really. I'm going to cuss in this. Not Hopefully not obscenely, but <clears throat> just for effect. So I've spent a lot of time calling them on their bullshit. I've spent a lot of time figuring out all of their tricks and calling them on it and teaching people the secrets. You know, all of the secrets that I find I pass on. Whether people take advantage of them or not is kind of why I'm making this podcast. Because what I've found is I can mechanically show all the ways to make money, get rid of debt, build credit, all that stuff. Um, good debt versus bad debt. How to approach um, investing and all that kind of stuff. But I found that even if I could, I teach it all, people still don't take action. They're still afraid is a better way to put it. Because I believed that people are afraid of what they don't understand. Which is true. Most of the time people are afraid of what they don't understand. Even if you teach them so they do understand, they're still afraid. That has to do a lot with more what's going on internally than what's going on externally in the world of form or the world of matter, material, wealth, it's, you know, wealth building stuff. So what, that's exactly what I've done with this podcast with all my teachings as a financial shaman is to go internal, go deeper. And so this is what I want to talk to you about. When I went deeper on this one, and granted, I'm not a... It's, there's still some energy there, so I'm not a hundred percent like looking backward, but I've come a very long way in letting go of blame because ultimately I see what they're doing and I see it within myself. And that's what I'm going to communicate to you, that you're going to see it within yourself if you are open to it. So. Here's the crux of it. When we blame, let, let's just look at one, okay? Bankers. 
Now, I'm not talking about your friendly neighborhood banker, though they are a cog in a wheel. Sure. I'm talking about, like, the big banks. Right? The, um, the people that are charging you money to use... They're charging you money to access your own money. They're charging you money um, to, you know, if you overdraft or, you know, all of those type of things. They're just nickel and diming everybody on fees. Right now, bankers make more on fees than they do on lending money, which is the whole idea in the first place. And of course, don't even get me started on the fractional reserve system, federal reserve system, and the fact that they're lending way beyond their capacity, knowing that they get bailed out if they're too risky. And I am walking in a park right now. I like to just have you pretend that you're walking with me on a nice evening walk, having a discussion. So, hence the background noise, kids playing, birds chirping, probably dogs barking as well. Um, so, let's just say bankers, right, as an example, have, uh, are screwing us royally and leaving us holding the taxpayer holding the bag if they screw up just like they did the mortgage bells down so super easy right to blame them and look at them as um enemies and um un-american or you know the one percent keeping the 99 percent down or whatever super easy to go down that road and the problem is when you're pointing a finger at someone else, the three are pointing back at you. Now, I I get it because I've been on I've been on both sides. I don't mean both sides as in I was a banker screwing somebody over. I mean both sides of the finger pointing, <sighs> where it's just super easy to be like. If, it was, if, if these people at the top cared more about the people at the bottom, we could all live a better life. And again, it's not wrong. It's just we need to go deeper. Okay? Because if we turn it around, we can plainly see they shouldn't be doing that. You know, if we uncover that, we go deeper. They should be doing that. Here's the thing. Again, I'm in the financial world, I hear it, I see it. There's a saying, and it's been around a long time, by, uh, oh, that's going to slip my mind who this is by. One of the old tycoons from back in the day. Um, it's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Like, if they're, they justify it, justify all these schemes and all of these, you know, polluting to make extra bucks, they justify it, but like, who's going to stop me? Um, you know, if, they, if nobody's going to call me on it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and... You know, it, all someone would have to do is learn the game and beat me at it or stop me or whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm going to pay off this politician because he's able to be paid off. If all I have to do is spend money and buy this politician, then I'm going to do it. 
And again, easy to point fingers. Easy to think that that mentality is wrong. We have to turn it around and say to ourselves, would we be any different? Would we be any different in those shoes? Because in the spiritual world, it's easy to fall into this trap of, I'm more spiritual than you, which is just ego. Or, um, you know, all of these unconscious people are running the show. Yes, however, at the same time, it's not wrong. Because the soul of the world, God, universe, source, whatever, all that is is running everything. So there's a reason that it's this way. Trying to figure out the reason will make you go insane. So accepting it the way it is, is the ultimate thing. So how do we begin to accept? We begin to accept by doing what's called collapsing, as uh, Martini would call it, or Giorgio Spenza, is to see, or Byron Katie's, to see the thought that it shouldn't be this way and examine it. Those are where the nuggets are, okay? So, the rich shouldn't scam the poor. Is it true? Sure, of course, that makes sense. Can you absolutely know that it's true? No, I can't absolutely know that. Seems to be the way it's been since there were kings and peons. I can't know that it's true that it shouldn't be this way. Deep down, I don't, I can't, I can't be God in this situation. I have to understand it. Okay? How do I react when I think that thought? I get super fucking pissed off. Right? I'm super angry. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm let down. I'm brokenhearted by the, the financial system, the, the humanity as a whole. Who would I be without the thought? Uh, the rich shouldn't scam the poor. I'd be at peace. <sighs> Understanding, open kind be listening turn it around I shouldn't do that I shouldn't scam that's my integrity that's my bar and standard that I've set for myself but I can't expect everybody to have that same standard I can't hold everybody to an unrealistic expectation. I can only hold myself to that. <sighs> Turned around again. They should do it. Well, there's another one too. But let's just keep it simple. They should do it. Well, what comes up for me when I hear the rich should scam the poor... is we've got to beat this game. 
All right, let me say it differently. You can beat them at their own game or you can stop playing their game. And I'm going to tell you how that's possible, but let's first define what game I'm talking about before any minds jump off of this thing. The game I'm talking about is the money game. Now, everybody thinks that they play the same game, which is sort of true. And also, most people think that you can't not play the game. You have to pay bills, you know, I need money to eat, etc., etc. I'm going to show you how not to play the game. Or play it differently, whatever you want to call it. So the game that everybody plays, I alluded to already in some of my earlier podcasts, which is the more money I have, the more happy I am. Game. The money equals happiness. The more I get, the more I stockpile, the more happiness I'll have, and the more happiness will be in the future. I'll be safe. Excuse me. I'll be safe. I'll be insulated. My children, my family for generations will also be safe and happy. The more I have, the happier I'll be and the safer I'll be. It's the big pile of money theory, right? Uh, or accumulation theory, as Garrett Gunderson would call it. So accumulation theory. Now, I've, always, I've spent a lot of time already poking holes in that theory. <laughs> uh, money doesn't equal happiness. Go get a bunch, and you'll see that what I'm telling them is absolutely true. Now, we'd like to think that, but it's not. Happiness comes from within. Money is outside of you. Oh, but all the things that it'll buy, yada, yada, yeah, no, that's not true. I can go into it more here if you'd like, but, or you could listen to the earlier stuff. Bottom line is, all it will do, if you seek money for happiness, you'll never be happy because it's something outside of you. Yes, it can make things easier, but it can also make a lot of things more difficult. And it, just like everything in the external world, if you point to it as your source of happiness, you will be ever for chasing it. If you don't have it, you won't be happy. Just like if it was candy. If the more candy I have, the more happy I'll be. That's obviously illogical. Yet, when it comes to money, everybody just goes along with that idea. Uh, the more candy... Um, if I don't have candy, I'm not enough. I'm addicted to candy. That's exactly what money is. When you treat it like that. Now, I want to go too on a tangent. Like you said, you want to, if you want to listen to that one, it's an earlier one podcast but so that's the accumulation theory as a whole the more you accumulate the more happier you'll be so (sighs) 
let's continue down this road and see what's true. The people at the top, just like the people at the bottom, and everybody in between, are playing that game, the accumulation game. Now, we, even though it's hard, it's hard to include me in saying we, so let's just say most people are at the bottom or in the middle looking at to the top and going, why are you still playing? You've already made it. You have billions of dollars. Stop playing. But they don't know how because it's the only game. It's just as hard to tell someone at the top to stop playing and stop accumulating as it is to tell someone at the bottom who's flat broke. They're saying, stop worrying about money. Stop going after money. Just as impossible. What other game is there? I'm going to get into that, but ask yourself, what do you want them to do? Retire? Even if they retire, their money makes money, and they've come to the point where they know their ideas will make money. They can literally implement any idea that comes to them, and they have all the distribution channels and all the ways to make it happen. Like I've said many times before, you can argue all day long that there's limited resources on the earth water food money diamonds whatever even though that's all bullshit <clears throat> but there's never a short of a ideas no one could ever argue that and so and they can pay people for ideas people in their organization have ideas that can make them millions so it's like but my point is how do they stop what do you want them to do just go play golf every day like, sell everything? Just sit it in liquid capital? Like, it's just as impossible for someone at the top to stop playing the accumulation game as somebody from the bottom, okay? Now, how you stop playing their game. Okay, it comes to this. If you take away nothing, you've already been in here for 20 something, 20, almost 23 minutes. You take away nothing else, because I'm probably gonna say this a million times. Money is a good slave but a bad master. What do I mean by that? What does that mean? I didn't say it. Seneca did, I think. I think it was Seneca. Um, and I'll look that up and make sure I quoted it right. But anyway, it's a good slave, but a bad master. So everybody who's playing the accumulation game, and even someone who are just really good with money and aren't playing the accumulation game um, they've made money their master okay so when you look at politicians who are bought and paid for their votes are bought and paid for and they're supporting oil companies drilling and polluting our earth and um, pharmaceutical companies getting us sick and all that kind of stuff, on and on and on. 
the CEOs at those companies and all, all the people, right? <laughs> it's very easy to see once you see that money is their master. Money is their master. It is their God. They truly believe the more money they have, the more they are loved by God. In this case, their God is money. So the scales, which I started this thing with, has to do with what you are willing to do for money. When money is God, you will do anything for it. You will suffer. You will hurt others. You will pollute. And so on and so forth. Here's what I mean. Ask yourself this question. If I gave you a million dollars to murder someone, would you do it? This is just a thought experiment, by the way. I'm not offering to hit anybody, okay? And it's okay to ask yourself this question because it's just a thought. There's no intention behind it, you know, to actually hurt anybody. But, and I also don't want you to beat yourself up if you said yes, because I'm going to ask you another question. If you said no, great, that's awesome. Why? Because you probably have a moral foundation. If you said yes, probably because you really need the money. Right? Now let's keep going. What if I what if it was 10 million? Right? What if it was 10 million dollars, a life-changing amount of money to kill someone? What would you say? Some of you who thought hell no at a million might have been thinking, well, 10 million, shit. What if I told you you didn't get you wouldn't get caught? And I could actually, in some way, prove that. Or give you that kind of assurance. Get out of jail free card or something, I don't know. Would you think about it then? You murder another life for $10 million. This is the scales. If you don't see it, see a scale in your mind. And I'm not talking about you stand on it and there's weight. I'm talking about the old school judge style scales, uh, gold style, where... Um, you have one on, you know, the two trays on each side, right? What I'm showing you is one side has money and one side has what you'll do for it. Okay. Now, would you murder somebody for $10 million? If you're still a staunch no, good for you. But I'm guessing it's because you have a moral code. I understand that. What if I told you uh, you'll murder somebody for $10 million and they're evil. They're a child predator pedophile or something. Something evil in your mind. They're a Nazi. I don't know. Would you do it then? Would Would the scale tip just enough to be like, 10 million and I get to kill a pedophile, uh, and I don't have to go to jail. See, that's the scale tipping in your mind. 
Now let's 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 keep going. What if it was ten million dollars, and instead of murdering someone, you punch them in the face, really hard, knock them out cold? Would you punch somebody in the face for ten million dollars? Would you knock someone out? Most people are going to say, yeah, absolutely. What is that? Possibly assault and battery? Is that even six months for $10 million? Of course I would do that. I wouldn't. The scale can't tip that way for me. But I'll get there. I'll show you why. So you say to yourself, a life-changing amount of money for a slight bit of violence and little repercussion. I would do that. And don't beat yourself up if you're saying yes and you hear why I say no. It's not about morality. It's about the scale. Because if you say Larry's crazy for not taking... 10 million dollars to just knock someone out you you know i'm the crazy one you're probably justifying it your side of the decision your side of that scale tipping to take that action because you think about what all you could do with 10 million dollars think about your family you think about your job you think about all the things you could change and you could donate and all the good you could do with it all just to knock someone out who's possibly an asshole anyway who's maybe maybe in your mind they, they have it coming right this is the scale and i'm coming to a point okay so let's say you would knock someone out for 10 million dollars because what you're effectively saying, maybe even if it was just a slap, would you slap somebody for $10 million? Now everybody should be on board, right? Not me, still, and I'll tell you why. Because money is not my master. I don't do anything for money. Ever. Money is my slave. It works for me. It is an energy that I happily steward, but does not control me or my actions for any amount, for any reason. Now, let's take a step back. You'll slap somebody, let's just make it the most easiest scale we can possibly think of. $10 million to just slap somebody in the face. You wouldn't even, the cops wouldn't even get involved for a slap in the face. There'd be no, almost zero repercussion. Almost. Right? $10 million, think of all you can do with it. That's the scale. Now, if you say yes to that, which is fine, it's just an awareness tool. This is a thought experiment. What you're effectively saying is that you completely understand why the rich would scam the poor. Because they are living by that same scale. Do you see it? 
they say, well, so let me get this right. I cut down some forest, the trees will grow back, and part of some species that I've never heard of might go extinct, and I make an extra hundred million dollars. And not, it's not illegal, so no repercussion, right? The trees will grow back, no one dies, and I make an extra hundred million dollars. F yeah, I'd do that. That's the scale in their mind. Because remember, money is their master. The more money they have, the more happy they are. Idea, you know, that's a false promise, it's a false god, but still, in their mind, it's real. So, let's keep going. A politician says, Oh, and then that person's probably like, and I'll just donate. If I make 100 million, I just donate 10 million to try to, you know, keep that species alive or, or whatever. Net 90, moral compass, still aligned, right? Now, the politician says, so this company is going to pay me a million dollars. Or I think now they do things like, well, we'll just keep the stuff simple. I think they do things like, you know, they send their kids to the nicest colleges or something. I don't think they can directly buy. But anyway, we'll just keep it simple. So this politician's like, I'm going to, this company's going to give me a million dollars to vote how I was kind of wanting to vote anyway. I was sort of on the fence about, you know, taking funding away from brain cancer research and anyway, because I think it's too much. I mean, you got brain cancer, you're going to fucking die. Just, I, I, you know. So they're going to give me money to do a vote that I was kind of leaning toward anyway. Yeah, well, why not? That's just money that's sitting there. They're giving it to me. That's the scale. Right? Money is their master, money is their god. Do one more example. One near and dear to my heart. So all I gotta do, so let me get this right. All I gotta do is give these people that run a certain sector of the government money and they will put laws in place that make or I should say they should they'll strip away the laws that stop me from making an extra two billion dollars a year lending for education on which the students get what they put into it anyway? Hmm. Yeah. No one dies. No one goes to jail. So, you know, 
Jane Smith has a little extra student loan debt she's got to pay off, but I make an extra two billion. And she's got an education. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. See, that's the scale. So, once you see it, you gotta ask yourself, can you really blame them for making money their God and having the scale internally? Now, you might have a different scale to where you're like, I would never do this for that amount of money, for no amount of money. You might have a different scale. But here's the thing. If you have a scale at all, then you can never blame someone else for scamming the poor, polluting the earth for money. Chopping down rainforests, killing dolphins, polluting our food, any of that stuff. If you have a scale at all, you have to see it within everybody else. To them, that's the slap in the face for $10 million. So what? I put a little miracle grow on my cucumbers and now I make an extra 100 grand a harvest. So what? It doesn't, it's not illegal. There's no studies that show that it causes any kind of brain cancer or anything. Why did brain cancer come up twice? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that's their scale. So if you have it in yourself, you have to be able to see it in everybody else and you have to see them as you because you have a scale. So then we have to ask, how do you get rid of the scale? How do you do what I've done? You have to let go of money being your God. You have to let go of the idea that money's gonna make you happy. That happiness comes from anywhere else besides inside of you. You have to let go of chasing money and doing, see, here's the other part of that scale, doing shitty things for money. <laughs> if you don't think you have a scale, I ask you, what do you do every day for a paycheck? If you at all do something you don't love, you have a scale. Because you say, I'm gonna do this thing that I, that I hate, possibly, for money. Your scale is tipped just enough to do that thing you hate for 40 hours a week. I am not telling you to quit your job, please, for the love of God. I'm just, it's just an awareness tool. This is an awareness exercise to understand what you're willing to do. Now, you might justify it by saying, I do this shitty thing 40 hours a week, or maybe it's not, maybe it's, maybe it's just something you don't, you're not passionate about. It, I do something boring. See, that's the scale again. You're lightening, you're, you're making it balanced, right? I do, it's not that I hate it. It's just that it's boring. It doesn't light me up. It's not, I'm not passionate about it. And the money I get, Feeds my kids, keeps a roof over their head. 
soccer cleats aren't cheap or whatever. That's your scale. And I'm not trying to take it away from you. I'm just trying to show it to you. This is a mirror. So if you have that scale and you're like, I'll do something boring to keep my kids in the nicest soccer uniform with a super reliable minivan to get them to and from, that's fine. But just be aware that if you have that scale, everyone, not everyone, most people have it too. And then there's other people who are like, I am going to do the easiest job out there, even if it doesn't pay that much, because I do not want to do things I hate. And I, my kids will have hand-me-downs. And I do not care about that stuff. I'm going to... I'm going to do something super cake, super easy, brainless. But at least it's not stressful. And I'll just shop and pay less shoes forever. No big whoop. Right? Everybody has the scale. So how do you beat it? How do you beat the scale? You have to be guided from within. What do I mean? What if, what if you never looked outside of yourself for happiness ever again? What if it never mattered if you made another dime or 10 million or a hundred million dollars? The only thing that mattered to you is your internal wealth. What if you never looked outside of yourself for love, approval, or appreciation? What if you stop achieving and only sought alignment, only sought connection with that little kid you grew up with? A little kid that loves everything. It's happy almost all the time. What if you did things because you were felt excited about doing them? What if you did things because you were in love with the idea of just the doing of it? The creating of it? if you let go of any outcome and just looked at the joy in the action you know I watched them walking by the park like I said seeing these kids run soccer drills 
And I always think to myself, do you think they love it? Or do you think they love the idea of being good? Of winning, of achieving some trophy and someone's approval? Or do you think they actually just love the act of playing, of drilling, of being on the field? Smelling the grass, feeling the ball. I wonder if they even know that that's even possible. So, that's how you'd stop playing their game. One, you stop blaming anybody else for your misfortune or your lot in life. Because here's the thing, as soon as you blame someone, you're now the victim. And that justifies all kind of weird actions. For me, it was alcoholism. It was a lot of bad stuff. Nothing illegal, but still, when you're a self-righteous victim, you can justify all kind of weird actions. So stop being, stop being a victim. I stop blaming anybody else. This is your journey. No one else's. And each one of those people you blame, there is a nugget to discover inside of that blame, inside of that unhappiness, inside of that frustration. There's something there. Just like for me, when I started to look at all of these things and why I was always frustrated when all the wrong people made all the big money. This is the nugget I got. The scales. The heroes and the villains. We're all playing some role. And if there's a villain in your story... And maybe I'll go on this on the next podcast. There's a villain in your story. That means you're the victim. Doesn't mean you're the hero. It means you're the victim of the villain. You think we're all like underdogs. And we're going to defeat. You know. We're going to defeat the big bad. Whatever. Wolf. But in reality we're the victim of these crimes and perpetrations perpetrations i don't know if that's a word i feel like i'm pluralizing perpetrator anyway you can't be a victim and create wealth for yourself not internally so friend this is where i leave you to ask yourself where's your scale What are you willing to do for money? And would you even entertain the thought, even for a second? Following the inner calling, the excitement, the inner guidance, that heart that's just begging to do that thing that you want to do. And follow it 
not caring about the money or the result or the outcome. Could you just follow it for the rest of your life? Maybe that's too much. Can you follow it for an hour and see where it goes from there? This is what my heart told me to do. This is what I feel drawn to do. To share with you all the money knowledge I have, which is fine. You know, if you want to know the nuts and bolts, that's great. <clears throat> but really the inner wisdom of it. The doorway into something much, much bigger. The end of money suffering. Of all suffering. We are many different waves on the same ocean. Good journey, my friends. <laughs>